About a year and a half ago, we merged our company with a company in the UK called Dryad International to form Dryad Global. And we've been working over the past year and a half to merge their intelligence processes with our arms platform and delivery of that information. So it's not to us just about, oh, let's put a dot on the map and this is what's happening, you figure it out. Hey, everybody. We are here for another episode of Boating Insider, and I am really excited about my guest today. So we have Corey Ranslam. Did I say the last name correctly? Correct. Yep. He is CEO of Dryad Global, and we the first time we spoke, it took about 30 seconds for us to geek <laughs> out about technology and security, Mother Ocean, aviation. We went quick. So I'm really excited. We're going to dive into what is Corey doing over here at Dryad? What is Dryad? And why is it important that we know about his company? Uh, so let's dive into it. Corey, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks. It's awesome. I always love to talk about what we're doing, you know, what's happening in the maritime industry from a tech standpoint, security standpoint. I've been in it for 29 years, so I've seen a ton of changes and a ton of things happen. So it's always exciting to talk about it. All right. So start there. How did you get involved in the maritime industry? And give us that, give us that rundown of from when you started to where you are now. Sure. So I grew up in the big maritime state of Iowa. Um, you know, a lot of rivers and lakes, had a lot of fun up there and uh, went to school. I uh, started working actually in radio and television. I really enjoyed it, but I was just like, man, I just want to, you know, break out and see more. And it was funny. I actually saw a special on the Discovery Channel about the U.S. Coast Guard. You know, I knew nothing about the U.S. Coast Guard growing up in Iowa. And I'm like, wow boats and law enforcement. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. So at 24, I enlisted in the Coast Guard. Um, I went through boot camp. My whole family was surprised. I had a great job working in, in television at the time and just said, nope, I'm doing something different at 24. You can do that. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I enlisted in the Coast Guard, um, went to boot camp. I got stationed in Florida. When I left home, it was minus 10 degrees below zero. Um, and I stepped off the plane here in Florida and it was 78 degrees. I called my mom and I said, I love you, but I am never leaving this place and this state because I hate winter. And so that, that was the start of my career. I spent eight years in the Coast Guard. Um, from there, I went to work for a large defense contractor um, running a lot of their maritime business. Um, and then from there, started my first uh, maritime security company where we were helping different facilities with regulatory compliance, um, Coast Guard and international security regulations. Sold that company off, and in 2013, um, my current business partner and I started a company to really look at being able to provide um, risk and threat information to vessels at sea. You know, intelligence, what's happening, how is this going to affect us on our journey, where we're going. So we started this journey, and it was a very manual process at that time. You know, do the research, put a nice pretty PDF together, and we were super frustrated because you give that to the client, and the information's already old. Mm -hmm. You know, like aviation the dynamics of what changes in maritime, just it happens so quickly. So we said there's got to be a better way to be able to get information, you know, out there to the people that need it because there were just old antiquated systems that were just not working and people were missing information and, you know, incidents were taking place and seafarers were losing their lives over this just lack of information. So that's how we started to build our ARM software platform. And it's a uh, it's a platform that provides shoreside ship managers and shipboard crews real-time risk intelligence. So it's all on a map. You can very easily call up a country, a maritime region, a port, and see what's happening. And the cool thing about it that I really like is we have 
just phenomenal intelligence analysts who are scattered all over the globe who are able to answer a really important question for our clients is, why does this event matter to you? Mm. And that's a big deal for us because some events that take place from a security or a geopolitical standpoint may not have an effect on a certain type of vessel, certain route, certain operation, but may have a much bigger effect on another type of vessel. So we really work to answer that question, you know, specifically for our clients through our analysis. It's not to us just about, oh, let's put a dot on the map and this is what's happening, you figure it out. There's a lot of context that goes in behind, okay, why is this event that's happening important? So that, that's been really cool. About a year and a half ago, we merged our company um, with a company in the UK called Dryad International to form Dryad Global. Um, and I took over as the CEO of the global company. And we've been working over the past year and a half to, to merge their intelligence processes with our um, arms platform and delivery of that information. <clears throat> it's been really interesting to see a kind of global team come together. Um, yeah. At, you know, and especially coming out of the pandemic, that was, that was really interesting. You know, you had people that were working from home that were scattered all over, people in some cases working out of offices. And how do you bring this global team together, you know, with all of these moving parts? So it's been really interesting. That, from that perspective, it's been, it's been awesome. The, the people side of it is really cool. Now we're working through, you know, the technology side of it, mm -hmm. which obviously there's always challenges with that, but with a capable team, and I think we have one of the best teams in the world, we've been over, able to overcome a number of challenges. And also in the middle of that launch new services. So we've, we're in the middle of launching cybersecurity services, again, specifically for vessels. We really concentrate on providing information to vessels and um, the cybersecurity to vessels to help them. And then the managers and owners and charters and people that work with those vessels to help them make decisions. Cybersecurity um, is, is a huge threat, um, in our opinion, in the maritime industry. And so we think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And with a boat, you can't just take a solution, you know, off the shelf that you could provide to say a bank or a hospital or the stock exchange, you can't just take that solution off the shelf and put it on a boat. You really have to understand how the vessel operates, what they're doing, and there's a number of constraints, including bandwidth. You know, we're seeing a lot of changes in that with, sure. with Starlink, Starlink and some yep. of the other companies that are providing much better bandwidth, but we still have a long way, you know, to go. And so you have to develop tools that aren't going to starve the boat of bandwidth and cost a bunch of money just for connectivity. So. There's a lot of nuances, you know, that we're very familiar with when it comes to the, the shipboard cyber. So that's a really long answer to a very easy question of where we started and, and where we are today. Well, there's some fantastic nuggets in there. So I do love the question of, or not the question, the statement of there's got to be a better way. Yeah. Because I think that, I mean, no matter where you are in life, if you can make that statement and give yourself the flexibility to think through what may be a great idea, what may not be, but just make your way through it. There's got to be a better way to do this. And mm -hmm. that's gotten me and my partner a tremendous amount of success just in the software world of just asking yeah. that question and like, wait a second, there's got to be a better yeah. way. So I, We do that all, you know, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. we do that all the time, even with our current solutions. Is there a better way for us to do this? Yeah. We want to be as nimble and move as quickly as possible to get the best information to our clients because our clients are making real-time decisions based on our intelligence and, and, you know, analysis of what may be happening in certain parts of the world. Some of our commercial clients have been trading, 
you know, through the, the grain corridor that was established, you know, from Ukraine outbound, you know, in the Black Sea to Turkey and then to the rest of the world. We were, you know, helping them by providing information on what was happening in that situation in real time because the dynamics of that are changing almost hourly. And now we've seen, you know, basically a suspension of that deal. So what's going to happen next? Mm -hmm. Can we still move ships through this area? And so people are making, you know, uh, pretty big decisions you know, based on the information that, that we're providing them. So we, we really take pride in, we kind of, we sometimes call ourselves, you know, your trusted kind of second first officer. You know, we're there to be able to say, okay, here's the analysis of the situation of, of what's happening from where we see it and, and really try to do the best job of that and give them the best information. That's incredible. So one of the things I want to dive into is you said vessels, right? There's different threats to different types of vessels. So I know that that, I mean, that covers a huge spectrum, but can sure. you give me some of the the larger breakdown of what does that really mean? So do you mean threats from like the, the outside, what we do on the risk intelligence or the cybersecurity? Well, let's go this way first. I'll say, hey, I am a super yacht owner sure. uh, or I'm the captain of a super yacht and um, what are the threats that I need to be concerned about? Where where would I use your support in a day-to-day -day situation versus, say, a cargo? Sure. A commercial cargo ship. So just curious, what are the different threats and how would how would those bleed over? Sure. So from the super yacht perspective, it, there's a there's a lot that factors into, you know, how we take a look at this. What are the capabilities of the vessel? Mm. Where in the where in the world is the vessel traveling? Um, and, you know, what's kind of the makeup of uh, potentially maybe who the owner is, you know, how do they do what they do. And then from there, we can really help them look at, okay, here are some of the outside vulnerabilities that you may have when it comes to, you know, specifically just the risk intelligence and provide them the information to help them make decisions. What we're seeing in the large out industry right now, I think is really interesting is, you know, boats typically would spend the summer in the med, mm -hmm. come back through the U.S. to get refit, repair, you know, replenishment done, and then move on to the Caribbean yep. for the winter. And we just, the milk run. You just see that milk run back and forth. But what we're seeing right now is, is boats want to break out of that. Boats want to go to the South Pacific. They want to go to the Middle East. They want to go to different parts in the Indian Ocean. They want to go to Southeast Asia. I mean, there's, there's, and a big swath of yacht owners and charters who are looking to get outside of the standard milk run. So with that, for us, what the potential, you know, risks are to the vessel change. And we're also, too, changing the type of information that we provide. For us, it's no longer just about security information or geopolitics. We're adding, you know, a comprehensive suite of weather data. We're looking at, you know, medical epidemics and disease outbreaks. That affects yachts, cruise lines, cargo ships. Mm -hmm. You know, as we saw during COVID, we're looking at potentially adding information on global environmental regulations. So we're looking to, you know, exponentially expand the database of information that we have for our clients because that will help them make the decision. If there's, say, a flu outbreak on a specific island or location, that large yacht or that cruise ship may say, hey, you know what? We don't want to expose our guests or our passengers mm -hmm. to that. We're going to cancel that port call or we're going to change that. And the sooner they have that information, the easier that decision-making is. So an example of that is we had um, a client a couple of years ago that was doing charter um, in the Mediterranean. They were off, they were, they were near Italy, Greece, and there was a volcano on one of the islands that had, had erupted. 
And so we provided them information to say, hey, there's a major evacuation going on in this region, this island, because of an eruption. And we know that you guys are fairly close to that. And they immediately message us back to say, we were planning on actually taking our charter guests there within the next day or two. Wow. So they were able to you know, use that information. It wasn't a safety issue, but use that information then to, to kind of reroute the charter and it didn't cause a big issue. Because you imagine if the vessel didn't know it, they pull up to the island, there's a big volcanic eruption, people are, you know, leaving Panicking, now. It, yeah. It's a whole issue. So, you know, that's a fairly benign issue, but um, there's other things where we see, you know, people using weather to make, you know, make informed decisions about where they want to go. Or, you know, like I said, disease outbreaks, yeah. or e even the flu to say, well, gosh, there's a huge outbreak of the flu in this location. Do we really want to expose our charter guests you know, to that. And we had an example of that with one of our clients that was um, down in Patagonia. They were going to be going to do a couple of landside excursions off the large yacht. And they saw the information on our platform about a potential disease outbreak in one of the areas that they were going to be passing through. They saw it ahead of time and said, we were able to make the decision, you know, to be able to reroute so for us, it's what's the best, in, you know, information that we can give our clients. Mm -hmm. and, and it is really different. You know, cargo lines, they're going to move cargo almost regardless of what's happening outside of a war or a major, you know, security threat. So they're going to move. So we want to be able to give them the information about what's the best way to get in and what's out of this, of this particular area. Whereas a large yacht or a cruise ship, they have the ability to say, hey, we're just not going to go there. Mm -hmm. You know, so the sooner that we can get them the information to make that decision, that's also a cost savings for them. You know, if a cruise ship knows, you know, three or four days out that, hey, we may need to potentially cancel, you know, this port visit, they might be able to slot in something else. And it's just a better experience for their passengers, you know, same with the large yacht. So, you know, we also kind of to understand that customer experience side yeah. to say, hey, this could help. You know, it may not be a threat, but it's going to be a, a customer kind of experience thing Absolutely. as well. So. Imagine if you had full control of your boat, you felt safer, eliminated the unknown, and you were able to forecast and plan for your boat's upcoming maintenance instead of being caught off guard. Can you imagine knowing exactly what is installed on your boat down to the part and serial number on all of your standard and custom equipment at a moment's notice? Having instant access to your manuals while at dock or at sea and provide custom departure checklists specifically for your boat and your crew. Imagine ensuring the safety of your vessels and passengers with instant access to send emergency alerts and being able to ensure the value and the pedigree of your boat with digital logs recording the full history of every event on your boat. Well, you can with Vessel Vanguard. We are the leading maintenance and safety management software in the marine industry. We work with a wide range of marine industry experts, including yacht owners, captains, ferry and tugboat operators. If you're looking to safeguard your assets and preserve your revenue, visit VesselVanguard.com and schedule a demonstration for yourself. The link can be found in the show notes below. We look forward to supporting you and your vessel soon. So there's two things there, right? There's the information to make the best decision for your trip as the captain, as the engineer, as the owner. Then there's the cybersecurity. There's the risk side of things. So having the information, so my, my brain's going in two different directions. One is, what does that look like? Is that you sending a text message? Is that a, a notification being emailed? Hey, there's an alert on your Dryad Global app. What does that look like for a user's experience with the software? Sure, so it's a little different from the shore side to the shipboard. The shipboard is set up on a platform where they can put 
basically we call it the alert radius around the vessel from a mile out to 500 nautical miles. Anything that falls within that alert radius, they automatically get a visual and audible alert. So they know based on the map, oh, I, is this important to me or is that? And then they can also use it for planning where they can look on the map and see, well, today I'm here, but in the next week I'm going over there, what's happening? And be able to look at the information we have on the map. The other thing is that they also have reach back to our team and our intelligence analysts so they oh, can say, hey, we see something happening over here. We're headed there. Can you guys give us more context on it? So there is on our side, it's not just, hey, look in the platform, that's all you have. We also have a team of people behind that to be able to help, you know, provide additional information to our clients where needed. And that's that's one of the things that, like I said, we really pride ourselves on is that that touch of the clients to be able to say, okay, you know, here's what's happening. And then for them to be able to reach back to us. So that's the shipboard platform. The shoreside platform is really an information portal. And the shoreside, what we see is, is shoreside managers, you know, charter operators, people who are on the planning side are really using it as a planning tool. Okay. Hey, we've got vessels here today and they're going there tomorrow. What does that, you know, routing look like? What do we need to pay attention to on that? So they're not necessarily looking at the real-time alerting like the boats are. They're using it more as a planning tool. And again, shoreside, just like shipboard, have that reachback capability so they mm -hmm. can say, hey, we're, you know, looking to, you know, to go to X, Y, Z, and we see these events are happening or this event is happening. Can you guys give us a little more, you know, context behind that so they can reach back to, you know, to us as well. And for managers who have the shipboard version, there's uh, encrypted communication between the two platforms. So a manager could send a message to our platform to the vessels that they manage that have our platform. So there's some encrypted communication and messaging capability, you know, that they can use on it if there's stuff that they want their vessels to be alerted to. So it's not just, you know, what we have, it's also, hey, these guys have um, information specific to their vessels and operations that they want to put out to their fleet and they have the capability to do that. So that's a really kind of unique function yeah. when it comes to information because we're not the end-all be-all. We're just one piece of the pie, you know, to help them in gathering all this information. It's incredible. You mentioned the team of your people and one of the things that's always been successful in the businesses that I've been a part of and grown and sold and now building again, it's the people. Yeah. I love technology. You love technology. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm but, a total geek. You know, I know. We had that conversation <laughs> yesterday. I totally geek out in technology. I mean, I have like four or five computer screens sitting on my desk. I had to get a bigger desk because I'm like, well, I need this because I'm doing this or, you know, right. like my Friday nights are very exciting. Drag and drop to this in, one. In front of a computer, like, oh, let me work on this. Can we do this? And, you know, just all kind of tech geek stuff. Yes. And, I'm a diver too, so I spend a lot of time underwater. But yeah, I'm a. It's it totally geeky. Yeah. Yeah. So. But then you mentioned your team of people, and one of the things that we deployed a long time ago was um, 24 seven customer service, and we had great product, we had phenomenal technology, we had phenomenal security. This is on the aviation side of it. At the end of the day, I think one of the biggest reasons we were so successful was our people. Yeah. And we were laughing about it, and that we had a rule of. Their phone rings twice and it rings on every single desk in this company from our CEOs all the way across the board, right? So we would be in the kitchen mid-bite of a lunch you know, room chat and you hear the phone ring once and then start, and people were jumping for the phone. <laughs> and it was just part of it. So where are your people located? I'm assuming it's 24-7. So yes, and uh, our people, we have people all over the place. So 
We have uh, right now three primary offices. Our headquarters is in the UK, if you can't tell by my accent. That's a joke that I use everywhere that so I speak. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> For a British company, if you can tell by my accent. So our headquarters is in London. So we have people in the UK. We have people in Europe. We have people in the Middle East. We have people in Australia and the United States. So we also have an office um, in South Florida. And then our main kind of operations in our software development center is located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, we're in the process now of opening a couple of additional offices, more to come on that in okay. different parts of the world. So we really work to have people in areas of the world, you know, not only to have a 24-hour operation and be able to service clients, but they also have that expertise. You know, I have a great understanding just of being in this business for, okay, 29 years now um, of what's happening globally. But if you have people that are on the ground and actually can provide you know, that local or regional context to what's yeah. happening, that makes a huge difference. You know, and in today's, you know, world, we can very easily have a connected, distributed workforce. That's fantastic. Yeah, so if I ever go to Iowa, I'll reach out to you and so... Yeah, so I still, have family, I still have family up there. I visit twice a year in July and then unfortunately in December, but mom's like, everybody has to be home for Christmas. Of so, course. Yeah, I'm... I'm the one that's dressed so you can only see this. <laughs> it may be like 40 degrees out and they're all in t-shirts and sure. shorts. And I'm like, nope, Florida guy You're here. You're full-blown yeah, Florida I'm now. <laughs> totally like, yep, this is cold. And when I go to London, I mean, it's it's nice over there, but I'm, I'm going in the next month. It's going to be chilly and rainy. You know, it's going to be like winter to me. It'll be in the sure. 40s and 50s. And I'll be like, oh, this is too cold. No, I can't. You know. <laughs> so I'll suffer for the few weeks I'm over there. So. All right, so you have the team, and then, so you have some new services that I believe you all are getting ready to unveil. Is that September, October? Yeah, September, yeah, September, October, and then and then beyond. Primarily um, in cybersecurity, we're launching a whole new suite of services specifically for vessels and, and to be able to provide, you know, a comprehensive suite of services to protect a vessel. Um, and we've From been, what? Um, different cyber authorities threats. Okay. Um, so there's what, I think 159 some thousand known threats and vulnerabilities in the cyber world. Um, so what we're looking to do is to be able to provide the best, you know, endpoint protection that we can for our clients, for all the devices that are on board. We've seen that grown, you know, exponentially on board large apps, especially as everything's controlled by, you know, a phone, an mm -hmm. iPad or a computer. Um, and then all the guests bring those devices on. So you know, we need to be able to help them protect the networks and operations because everything in the movement of information is, is just happening rapidly. You know, like in aviation, yep. is everybody wants to be connected to their system to right. get that maintenance information so we know before there's an issue, you know, with, a, with an engine or hydraulic. So you can make the best hydraulic. decisions possible. Yep, absolutely. Keep that airplane flying. Yep, and that's the same with the large yachts and, right. and cruise ships and now cargo lines is that connectivity. So we have to, you know, work to protect that. And then there's a really unique way you know, to be able to do that. So we've been working probably for the better part of four years on trying to find the best suite of solutions specifically for vessels. Um, there's a couple of great partners that we're working with. So we're very excited about, you know, this rollout. It's, we're rolling it out first into the large yacht industry um, and then from there into the cruise and the, and the cargo industry. So we're pretty excited about, I think, some major changes that we're going to be able to make that are going to be easy. Everything for us in maritime, it has to be, when it comes to especially cyber is low touch. It can't require the captain or the chief engineer, or the ETO on board to say, okay, you've got to do all this configuration and all of this 
we're, we have a system that basically we can remotely install and we can remotely configure and work with them on remote monitoring and alerting. So wow. there's very little touch that they have to do. There's no training for any of their people because we can handle everything, you know, through our security operations center on the back end. So we don't want to add more to what a large yacht crew or what a cruise line crew or a cargo crew has to do because they're already overworked. Yeah. You know, we want the yacht crew to be able to concentrate on being able to provide the best experience to the owner and guests. So mm -hmm. let us take care of the cyber and, the, and some of these security things on the back end and be able to give you the information, make the decision, you know, and work with you through that process. So would you say the two, two types of cybersecurity? One, what are the, what's the number one thing that you're seeing your customers aware of and come to you for the support? They know that this is a risk, they know it's a threat, and they're coming to you for that support. So your current customers and why they came to you. Two, people who are not customers with you yet, that they don't know is a risk that, to them? So the, the first question is, is very interesting because it's really varied. Like we see still one of the biggest threats um, specifically in the large yacht industry is, is a ransomware. And not a ransomware threat to where the data is hijacked, although we have seen that. We're still seeing ransomware that results in a man in the middle attack where funds are diverted, you know, to, um, you know, the hacker's account. So that's still a big issue that we're seeing. So we have clients, you know, that we're working with to put the protections in place to be able to really stop that. I think over the coming months and years, we're going to see that transition to the hackers, you know, hijacking data on board vessels like they do, you know, in other industries. Mm -hmm. That That's coming. I mean, we know that in the large ad industry. So, you know, that's something that's coming. So we're, you know, working ahead of that to say, okay, how do we put the protection in place? to be able to hopefully stop that. But if we can't stop it, you know, how do we recover from that? Because yep. you know, paying the ransom does nothing. You're not going to get your data back. You're right. just going to, you know, in the United States, it's actually a felony to do that. You can't pay the ransom. Um, so we want to work to say, okay, how do we get it so that you can immediately recover and get your systems back online and operational as quickly as possible? So wow. we work kind of on that side um, as well. So that's kind of the existing. The, the people that don't know about us, um, you know, that's kind of, I think, a broad question because it's, you know, what services do you need? So the services we may provide to a large yacht based on how they're designed, engineered, and set mm -hmm. up are going to be different than potentially a cargo ship mm -hmm. or a cruise line. Because you look at a cargo vessel and they have a pretty connected system. So you have, you know, systems running on board the cargo vessel that may be connected to systems back to the management company back to fleet operations. So you really need a comprehensive solution to look at, you know, not just the shipboard, but something that will have, you know, protection to the shoreside operations, as we've seen in one of the biggest, you know, issues in the, in the maritime industry and cargo came through a shoreside system through a third-party vendor that basically shut the shipping company down. Um, and it was, you know, pretty interesting to see that. So you have to have a fairly connected system you know, and same with cruise lines, you know, you're looking at, okay, we have all these operations on board the cruise ship, mm -hmm. but we also have to have connectivity and that security between the shore side and the shipboard. So it's a little different yeah. um, across the board. And, and with our partners, I think we do a really good job of being able to provide, you know, some of those solutions. And a lot of it, when you get into it, even with the large yachts, they're really custom because every boat, everything, there's certain things, you know, that are the same when you look at kind of the design 
But when you get on board, yeah. there's a ton all different. of differences. Right. So it. coming from aviation, right? Where we're talking about, okay, so this, this type of manufacturer, this type of aircraft has this, this, and the other, just like all 20 of them behind it. Right. Not in the Marine. <laughs> no, because you, like, you know, you build a yacht and typically that's a custom build. There's some Absolutely. yacht builders out there who build phenomenal yachts that are, you know, not custom builds. But even then, how I'm going to set up my IT infrastructure and systems on board, even on a, you know, on a yacht that may be the same as what my neighbor has, is going to be completely different. But it's different. still personality driven. Right. You How know? do I want this? What's right. the connectivity that I need? Is this going to be for charter or am I using this primarily yeah. to conduct business? And how are the networks set up and what, who needs connectivity to what? And, it, you know, then you get to a cruise ship and you're talking about that's a city. You know, it's a floating city of four or five or six or some 8,000 people on board. So how do you provide this connectivity and security, you know, across the board in a cargo ship? You know, there's oh there's gosh. big potential ramifications to some Massive. of the cyber threats in, you know, the global shipping industry and the supply chain and what could potentially, you know, happen. It's 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 pretty interesting. And I don't think people consider it. You know, we we right. make our orders and we get our, you know, our packages and our deliveries and stuff that we want. But there's a pretty complex chain of events that happens to get that, yes. you know, to your door. And it involves aviation, it involves maritime, it involves truck, it involves yep. rail. It's All a really it. complicated system, you know, to get that little widget that You're you've bought online. <laughs> and you have to have, you know, sometimes halfway around the world. So there's a lot of complexity that goes into that. And any interruption of that could cost a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, I think about in aviation, there's always a talk of connectivity and our, do all the systems talk and yep. maybe they should all be from one provider and um, the awareness of that actually leaves you very vulnerable because if you just take one kink in the armor and you are now wide open for any number of risks and if oh, you don't yeah. have something in place yep. to protect you, I, I mean, it can get really bad, especially when you have your high profile individuals that are flying from here to there or boating yep. from here to there. So I think yep. it's fascinating. Um I want you to talk a little bit about Monaco and what you've got coming up because outside of what you're doing in your business, which I have so many other questions. Um, obviously, I want to partner with you. Uh, but what are you doing in Monaco? Um, you know, we share some circles of similar people. Sure. I spoke with Norma. We yep. were talking a lot about, I mean, she's just amazing and everywhere. And mentorship, um, volunteer was one of her big words. She was like, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Yeah. Um, so Norma is an awesome advocate for this industry because she understands more about this industry than I think most people because she spent time, you know, on board, you know, as yacht right. crew. She's, you know, run very successful shoreside businesses. Norma is one of those people. Um, and I've known her for a long time. She's always been my go-to like, hey, Norma, I have a question about this. When I first got into the industry, who do I call? Oh, I have to call Norma because she knows. And What's her she, tagline? Something like, ask Norma anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, she, she's great in that respect, but she is a huge advocate for the industry, not only for the businesses like ours that, you know, support vessels, but also for the crew on board vessel to be able to, she's just a great resource. Mm -hmm. So anytime you can talk to Norma and ask a question about something is, is absolutely phenomenal. She makes you want to be a part and make yeah. things greater. Like she just, yeah. you just want to, whatever you're doing, I want to help you in that regard. Yeah. But, so what are you volunteering and how are you, how are you being a part of this on the so in Monaco specifically, we're going to be um, involved with three other companies in a seminar um, that we call Smart Bridges. So as we're making this evolution in maritime, like happened to aviation where we're going to the glass cockpit, right? I right. mean, everything is going 
you know, pretty much computerized. And it's interesting to see the changes. So we're putting a seminar together with three other companies, with, with Telemar, um, with um, Intellion, and another company that's still kind of secret that okay. we'll have to mention the, during the show. But um, it's, it's really interesting to talk about what does that smart bridge look like? Not yeah. only what does it look like, you know, from a hardware and a connectivity and a security piece, but what are the training and the regulatory yeah. compliance implications? So our seminar is going to be part of the International Super Yacht Society Educational Forum on Wednesday afternoon at Monaco. So it's going to be really cool to be able to talk about that and what this looks like, be able to interact with the audience, give them the opportunity to ask questions. Fantastic. You know, as we're the technology experts and be able to say, hey, here's where it's going. Because, you know, in yachting like aviation and maritime like aviation, there's always a regulatory compliance piece mm -hmm. to that, especially in the cyber side is what's the regulatory compliance when you're talking about the navigation systems. You know, there's regulatory compliance for flag state you know, of, of how you have to do this, how people have to be trained. So there's a number of nuances, you know, to that. You don't just jump in the cockpit and say, all right, I'm ready, Here we go. I'm ready to drive the plane. <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, I'm ready to drive the boat. There's a lot of training, you know, to be able right. to get to that point, to be able to do that. So we're really excited with our partners and being able to, you know, Educate so. and best practices, I would yep. think. I yeah. mean, implementation and adoption is a big part of it yeah. too. So we're excited about the seminar. We're going to be, um, with some of our other partners talking about cybersecurity, a number of client meetings, you know, while we're there, Monaco's always, you know, really busy and kind of starts the fall show season yep. in the large yacht industry. So it's always a lot of fun to be there. We're going to be the uh, two weeks before, we're going to be at a big cargo conference in London where we're going to be hosting a seminar um, with our partners at Norton Rose Fulbright, which is just a phenomenal maritime law firm. They do more than maritime, but we're partnered on the maritime side where we're going to be talking about the AI and, and the future of AI and how that's going to impact us in, mar in maritime. So we're really looking at seminars to say what's the biggest impact to help, whether it's our large yacht clients, commercial and, and cruise clients. So it's, wow. it's a busy September for us and a lot of a lot of travel, so it'll you've be... You've got product release. You've got two big conferences that kick off the boat show season. Yep. I'm um, obviously coming off of a really successful merger with um, Dry at Global. Uh, yep. You have a lot going on, so... Yeah, it's we're kind of busy, you know? <laughs> you know, maybe, so... All right, so you're going to be in Monaco. We will definitely drop your website. Um, where can people find you if they have further questions? Sure, so the best way is through our website. We have a lot of connectivity. You can message us through this site. Um, all of our emails, phone, contact information is up there. That's the really the best way, you know, to get a hold of us if there's certain questions. And if they you... mention Boating Insider Podcast, do they get like a free chocolate or... <laughs> I mean, we can, I'll, I'll, I'll buy him a drink in Monaco okay. or Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, if, okay. if you mention the podcast. And, and so you're going to tell me, oh, we have millions of viewers worldwide. And the, tab, and the tab in Monaco is going to be like $20,000. Hey, good job. Oh, that'd be so pleased with me on the budget side with that. Yeah. I'll see if I can make that happen. Well, super, super grateful. Um, I would definitely want to keep the conversation going. Yeah, absolutely. People, if you're going to Monaco, I think that's going to be an incredible seminar. Uh, my brain is already taking it all around it. I think it's just going to be really, really important. I did it for a long time in aviation, doing it here in the marine industry, bringing technology and efficiencies into a antiquated uh, workflow era. So <laughs> see what we can do. Um, and then you're going to, are you going to be in Fort Lauderdale? Show? I'm assuming you'll be yeah, here. Yeah, I'll okay. be here. Um, so we'll be in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, it's just a busy fall. It starts basically oh, yeah. on the 8th of September and we don't stop till Thanksgiving. Perfect. I love it. Super grateful. Anything else that you want to leave with? No. 
Thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. I love doing this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah but it, the energy, you know, sometimes you do that and it's just like, okay, when is this going to end? But <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Thanks. Well, we'll keep the conversation going. Really excited for what you're doing. And I'm really grateful for you. Thanks everybody for tuning in for Voting Insider. Check out Dryad Global. Check out Corey. Good things coming and we'll talk to you next time. 